Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Yo, welcome to the bar. Come on and pull up a seat. And open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet It's where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers Biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the modern the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited as always, be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to The Bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And like I do every week, I love to start the show by thanking the listeners, not just the regular listeners, but also the inside the bar folks that actually are able to listen to this show live. Shout out to those folks for $5 a month. You can get inside the bar, join the special Facebook group, get all the bills and whistles and tricks. And also to the regular listeners, I really appreciate you guys too, sharing the bar, liking the bar and all of that. And what I do every week is I bring in awesome guests. This awesome guest, uh, I'm just so humbled that he was able to take time out of his big, busy schedule to come on the show. Um, definitely uh, been a fan of the work for a long time, and and uh, I can't wait to tell him how I discovered him. But we have on today none other than Dr. Wayne Grudem. How you doing today, sir? Thank you, Dwayne. I'm doing well. Awesome. Glad to talk to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm excited to have you. Um, I was really excited when your assistant told me he was going to book it. And I was like, all right, here we go. So I couldn't wait. So what I like to do is let you introduce yourself and share whatever you want to share, personal, professional. You got the floor to do that right here. How many hours do you have, Dwayne? I got several hours. This is podcast. We are not <laughs> limited by time or space or anything. I just wanted to get a sense. Um, <laughs> No, um, let's see. I'm a professor of theology and biblical studies at Phoenix Seminary in Scottsdale, Arizona. And this is my 20th year of teaching here. Uh, before that, I taught 20 years in Illinois at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Before that, four and a half years at Bethel College in St. Paul, Minnesota. So I've been teaching 44 years, 44 and a half years now. Wow, that is awesome. Super, super awesome, man. And so I want to want to jump right in uh, before I kind of talk about um, the, the the revised book and all of that fun stuff. Um, I want to talk about what have you noticed? This is one of my favorite questions for professors. What have you noticed um, as far as uh, when you started teaching, you know, years ago and now uh, now that you're you know, teaching currently? What have you noticed as far as trends go, um, as far as the, the young people and their uh, uh, desire for theology and want to learn theology? Have you noticed like an increase or a decrease or what, what, what have you experienced in, in your 40 years? Oh, boy. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, Dwayne, is that 
I enjoy old classic hymns of mm-hmm. the church. Holy, holy, holy. Great is thy faithfulness. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, trust and obey. Um, and students don't know those hymns anymore. Mm. So for um, 44 years, I've been starting every class with a hymn of praise. So we come into God's presence as we begin to study his word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I began to find fewer and fewer students were singing along because they had never heard these songs before. Wow. So um, I like a lot of the contemporary worship music by um, Stuart Townend and the Gettys and Bob Coughlin and, uh, and um, the Vineyard Movement, and um, I'm forgetting some. But um, uh, I like the old hymns as well, and students don't know those. That's one thing. So. I've had to incorporate more contemporary worship music into the <laughs> textbook that I wrote. Mm. Uh, another thing is, I I think we have a large number of new, very uh, strong in faith and strong in spiritual energy Christians who haven't grown up reading the Bible and don't know the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. They're eager to learn it, uh, but it takes time. Um Another thing that is actually an encouraging trend, I, I think back, Dwayne, to when I was um, I graduated from college in 1970. I was looking around the United States to find what seminary I could go to to get more training in Scripture. And I think there were five or six that were academically sound and also faithful to the Bible. Mm. Uh, you, biblical and Reformed, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Um. But uh, I, I would say perhaps six. And mm-hmm. uh, today, when someone asks me for a seminary, I can count fourteen, no, seventeen seminaries that I could recommend. Wow! Where they'd be biblically, biblically sound training. And you know what I think is uh, that says to me that God may be preparing the way to train up thousands of new leaders for a revival. Mm. I hope it happens. Amen. Yes, sir. That that that's amazing, um, for sure. And uh and, and it's funny because speaking of you you started out talking about, you know, contemporary music and things like that. Um you I don't know if you've heard this before, but I actually found out about uh your first systematic theology book through a Christian rap song. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, I did. Yeah. Well well, no, it wasn't Lecrae. It was um it was uh Shylin. Shailene, um uh mentioned. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he has this this song talk about take Is up that and read. Right? Yes, sir. It's called Take Up and Read, and they just start <laughs> listing, you know, different different books. And the very, I mean, and it was you know systematic theology by Wayne Grudem, you know, and that's the first time I heard it. And so I literally, when that song came out, because that actually was what drew me out of the charismatic movement into uh, more sound biblical theology was, you know, Shaolin's music and things in that kind of influence. And so when he was listing those books, I began to write, to write them down like, OK, I need this yeah. one. Let me get that one. Um, and I think that is just super interesting that, you know, you you talk about how you, you start your class with worship and how it started out with yeah. the hymns. But then so now, you know, you have to start the next class with a Shaolin rap. Can you handle that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think I don't think. I, I, I have certain teaching skills, but I don't think rap is one of them. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good. I, I always, you know, whenever you accept, I was like, 
like have to tell tell them how I found out about them. So, Dwayne, what what year was that approximately? When you um, found so out about the, book? the so the song came out earlier. I didn't get it until 2015 is when I got it. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. So, um. When, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. One of the very first. Um, it, it felt like a, for, you know, for me, just just kind of understanding the culture. It just felt like a rite of passage. Like it has to be in your library. I literally made a post today, said that my guest today book probably in, is in everyone's house that I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> so that is awesome. So let's talk about that. Let's let's rewind back to the first systematic theology book. What was uh. The thought process behind it, I'm, I'm assuming that, it, you know, it's probably, you know, like a textbook, textual type thing. Um, go back to that time when you first, uh, you know, started writing it and, and up to the release. Well, um, Dwayne, my first teaching job was at Bethel College in St. Paul, Minnesota in 1977. And um, I, need, I, I was teaching what is called Theology One which was probably mostly sophomores and some juniors at Bethel College. They had to take the class. Um, And I needed a textbook. I looked around, and the best one I could find was something by Louis Burkhoff, B-E-R-K-H-O-F. And um, it was a good book, but it was so hard for college students, undergraduates, to understand because there were untranslated words in Hebrew, Greek, Latin, French, German. Mm. I think some Dutch, and he just felt, you know, that's what students should know before they come to seminary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was hopeless. And uh, he used these technical theological terms without explaining them. He was writing in a different situation. He was writing in the 1930s in the Christian Reformed Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan area, where all these children would know their catechisms when they were right. growing up, and they would know all these terms. But college students in the 1970s didn't have that background. So I thought, well, we need to find a textbook that has some depth to it, but is clear and can be understood by anybody who just is is interested and picks it up and begins to read. One of the reasons for that is that I think the Bible is understandable. God made it, and so when we study it, we learn from it. We're able to understand not everything, but more and more. And so I thought we should do that in a textbook, too. Well, that was one thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing was... There wasn't any application to life, so students would read this theology about doctrine of God, God's uh, justice, his uh, omnipotence, his uh, omniscience, and other things, and what does that that mean to my life? Where's the application? Right. And I thought, well, let me put that into the lectures. So I did, but I thought I should have been in the book. Mm. And then the third thing was, um, he would give a doctrine, and then he would give a whole list of Bible verses without quoting them, just giving the <laughs> reference. Mm-hmm. You know, and you say, First Corinthians 7, 12, what is that? Well, who knows? Right, right. And, and so uh, I would look them up and put them on the—we didn't have PowerPoint then. We had an over, overhead projector. <laughs> I remember those. Transparen- yeah, transparency. But— um, uh, I thought if we're going to write a theology book, it has to quote the words of the Bible because those are God's words and they're more powerful and they have more impact on changing hearts than um, just ordinary human words. So uh, it was out of appreciation for that very good book by Lewis Burkhoff, but thinking it could be improved on for a beginning text for theology students. 
both for college and seminary students. So that's um, that's kind of the origin of it. Wow. Okay. Um, and uh, the publisher at one point said, "Wayne is too long. It's too long. Can you cut out some? <laughs> can you cut out some of the Bible verses?" Well, I talked to another publisher, and they said, "We'll take it if this guy doesn't want it." And then I went back to the first publisher that I was working with, and they said, "Okay." Wow. We'll leave it as long as it is. So <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that, that 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 is awesome, and I'm, I'm sure they're glad they made that decision. Um, and yeah, the, the other thing I, I did, uh, Dwayne, is um, I had whenever you write something, a writer has an imaginary audience in mind, and I right. was imagining college or seminary first year theology mm-hmm. students. But I pretended that my parents and my mom and dad were in the back of the room, and mm. I wanted them to be able to understand what I was saying, too. Now, my dad went two years to college, first one ever in his his ancestry. He went to college at all. My mom wasn't able to go to college. Uh, she graduated from high school, but they were lifelong Christians. They read their Bible every day, and um, I wanted them to be able to understand it, too. That's awesome. Yeah. No, and and, and it, 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 it comes across that way. Um, you know, like I said, it was one of the first— uh, so I, my listeners know I'm not like this avid reader. I don't claim to be. I don't, you know, um, I, I'm actually trying to improve my my reading habits. Uh, but what I loved about uh, about it when I got it was I was able to take, you know, a section, you know, like the Trinity and just kind of dig down in it and get a good understanding. And, and like you said, it was so, so easy to read. And uh, and I definitely, uh, you know, honored to be able to tell you that uh over the phone. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Dwayne. Yes, sir. So what let's let's get into what inspired or what caused or or why do we have a revised version where I saw that and I, I immediately was like, oh, this is cool. And that's why I reached out. So how do we get here, uh, Dr. Wayne? Well, um, the new what's called the second edition of my systematic theology is actually almost 300 pages longer, <laughs> 290 some pages longer. Wow. Um, it, does, it, it I weighed it on a postage scale and the first one weighed, uh, four pounds, 15 ounces. <laughs> this new, this new one is lighter. It's just four pounds, seven ounces. I think they used a little bit lighter paper or something. I'm not <laughs> sure how they did it. <laughs> Sounds like magic. <laughs> but there were some things that had come up in the 26 years since the first edition came out. Mm-hmm. There were there's a more need for a, a balanced view on miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit because mm. uh, there had been some back and forth with that issue. There was more need for discussion of contemporary worship music and uh, how worship has developed. Um, I... Um, I had put in my lectures, and students seemed to appreciate it when I was teaching through the book. I'd put in my lectures some material about Roman Catholicism and how we as Protestant evangelicals differ from our Roman Catholic friends with certain. We agree on a lot of doctrines, like the Trinity and right. uh, the deity of Christ and death and resurrection of Christ and things. But there are some doctrines where we differ with our Roman Catholic relatives or friends. And so I made a list of 13 of those differences and quoted from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is their official doctrinal statement, came out in 94. Um, and um, and then put a kind of a brief paragraph or two showing a Protestant uh, viewpoint as a, as, a, as a difference to that. 
Mm. So um, there's a thing on Roman Catholicism. There's uh, material on Protestant liberalism. A lot of old, older mainline Protestant churches don't believe the Bible is God's word anymore. And that means that they um, have a different view of uh, what the Bible is and a different view of a lot of doctrines, different view of Christ in many cases. So I put that in section on liberalism. And um, I live in Arizona where there are a lot of wonderful people here who are Mormons. And mm-hmm. I appreciate them as friends, but um, we have very different beliefs. And sometimes that's not so clear. So I put in a section on evangelical beliefs and Mormonism. Wow. And um, there's some... There's some controversies that come up in the theological world. One is what's called the New Perspective on Paul, where N.T. Wright and some others have been promoting the idea that justification doesn't mean God declares us not guilty in his sight, but legally righteous. It doesn't mean that when we're justified, it means we're counted as part of God's people and uh included in God's family and i don't think the i don't think the greek word dikaiao and the greek word dikaiosune those words that mention which correspond to justification in the new testament can take that meaning and so i think that's a misunderstanding and mm-hmm. losing an important view of justification that was a key to the church's teaching since the reformation so i had a section on new perspective on paul a little bit more stuff on uh, uh, creation and evolution. Uh, actually, a fair bit of additional material on creation and evolution because I think the arguments against evolution are more and more strong, are stronger and stronger. There's something on something called open theism, the idea that God doesn't know what your choices are going to be because he doesn't know future human choices. He doesn't know what you're going to have for breakfast tomorrow. That's called open theism. The future is open to God. And I wanted to answer that viewpoint. So a lot of things that come up that weren't um, weren't included in the first edition, and those are a few of the things that have been added. Wow. That's awesome. Now I know I have to get it, man. That's <laughs> everything that you've named. I mean, that 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 is it's definitely needed um, and, and time sensitive. Well, Dwayne, if you give me an email with your mailing address, um, I just have one copy here at a hundred percent discount today. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I will take, take full advantage of that. <laughs> that is for sure. I had to do that. Yes, sir. No, I, listen, the email might come before we finish this recording. I, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, uh, that would be awesome. I really appreciate that. So, yeah. right. <laughs> so right here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back hey what's going on it's your boy pastor chris hernandez and this is jimmy de los santos and we're your boys from solar cast we're just a couple of average guys who came out of the charismatic movement to a reformed understanding of theology that's right catch us with a new episode every tuesday morning on all the platform networks spotify apple Podcasts, our heart radio and the like you can find us on twitter and instagram at sola underscore cast also search for us on facebook like the page share the page let's get to the meat let's do it
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back in here uh, with Dr. Wayne. And uh, on this side, sir, we do what I call the fun side. These are the bar signature questions. Uh, These are the three questions I ask all of my guests, no matter who they are, where they're from, um, they get these three questions. And so I'm going to ask you these three questions. The first signature bar question, which you kind of already answered, is what kind of music do you listen to? (laughs) You know, Dwayne, Margaret and I were in the vineyard movement for uh, five years, 89 to 94, and John Wimber uh, and the music that they produced in those years was wonderful worship music, brings me to the presence of God. Stuart Townend's music always ministers to me. Um, I've recently, Margaret and I have been listening to um, City of Light. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, movement from Australia and this um, wonderful new song called uh, Yet Not I But Through Christ In Me. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's it's so God-honoring and faithful to Scripture. Awesome. And, um, oh, what's the Brooklyn Brooklyn Tabernacle? Yes. Yeah, with Jim Simbola. Yeah, I'm they're, familiar with that. I love, I love their music. Good so, deal. That's good choices. <laughs> okay. And uh, I love old hymns too. Yeah. We I think we established that part. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, sir. So next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading? A biography of Winston Churchill called Winston Churchill Walking with Destiny. Mm. I'm about four hundred pages into it and I'm I'm listening to it on audiobook, but reading it on uh, my Kindle. I just finished a very troubling book by Abigail Schreier called um, Irreversible Damage. It's about the transgender craze sweeping mm. American teenagers, especially teenage girls, and the horribly damaging consequences. It's called Irreversible Damage. So I'm reading those two. Um, Anyone, anything else? I'm working on revising. Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't want to get into what I'm working. I'm working on revising a shorter edition of Systematic Theology. That's out called. It's a 500-page version called Bible Doctrine. Cool. And my son, my son Alexander, has been doing the editing work to shorten it. But I have to go over and see if I approve of what he's done. Of course, he's doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, got to make sure yeah. he's doing it right. I get that. All right, sir. Last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? Uh, Very few. Um, And I know there are many good ones. Um, uh, I just, I don't, it's it's a time question. Yeah. um, No, I get it. That's why I say, if any, most professors, pastors don't really have a list of podcasts that they sit around and listen to. Right. Um, I listen to Hugh Hewitt in the radio show in the morning uh, when I'm out for a walk or something. Okay. 
That that works. That works. Well, listen, sir. First, I want to again thank you for taking time to come out on my show. Um, it has been amazing. Uh, definitely glad to be able to meet you uh, via video uh, shortly. Those that uh, were listening to the podcast, we were able to connect via video um, before we had to switch to the phone. But that was definitely awesome. Also, uh, I like to, at the end of the show, kind of give you the floor to um, just address my listeners. Any words of encouragement, anything you want to say before we uh, end the show? Keep your relationship with Jesus fresh and strong. Amen. Um, That's the basis of everything. That's right. Good deal. (laughs) Short to the point, but that's everything. That's everything we need. Jesus is all that. Good deal. So thank you again, sir, to the bar listeners. Make sure you check out your favorite podcast, the bar podcast every Tuesday. Make sure you go to the bar dot network and check out not just the bar podcast, but all the podcasts in the network and also go to the bargear.com. And until next time, you guys, God bless. And we are out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.